Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking, wherever, whenever. And Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome, Zoe, to the Military Wi-Fi podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. And if we can get started by you telling us how long you've been with your husband and how you guys came to meet. We met when I was still in high school and he had just graduated. So we're kind of like high school sweethearts, although we didn't go to the same high school, but we met through mutual friends. So we've been together ever since that. So looks like nearly 13 years. When you met, obviously you guys were, you know, just finishing high school. Was there any talk about defence then? Did he want to go into defence? What was the situation there? So his best friend at the time went straight from high school into the army. It was something that he always wanted to do. But when we first met, it was kind of like he just got a job and, you know, did what he had to do and lived his kind of little life. And then he decided in 2015 to join at that stage, our friend was no longer in the army, so it was still quite new to us. But yeah, it was always something that he wanted to do. By the time he ended up wanting or going forward with joining Defence, you guys had been together for a fair while. Was it like a joint decision or what was the discussion like when he was coming to that decision? Well, I always thought the army was a good job opportunity, job security, would have given him a bit of life experience. So I was always really on board with going with him to pursue his career I didn't really mind I was really happy with the idea and I you know was happy to go wherever he needed to go and a bit of naiveness there as well yeah. <laughs> go along with it <laughs> so did you have any expectations of what defense life would be like in those early stages had you sort of done any research had you had any family friends that could tell you what it was like what was your what were your expectations going into it I honestly had no idea. I just thought it was a nine-to-five job, you know, that you had the occasional field exercise or the deployment, but I didn't really understand a lot of the drop of the hat leaving sort of scenarios and making friends and, you know, your friends moving. And so it was kind of just really different to what I expected to be. Yeah, I guess you can never really know that until you live it and then you're like, well, you're in it now. Yeah, that's it. What was your actual introduction to Defence Life like? What were the first couple of years like? How long did he go away for training? And what was that transition from being a civilian couple to a defence couple like for you guys? So it was really hard because they go away for their basic training. So he was at Kapooka for three months. We were just hoping he wouldn't get back squatted because that meant that he'd be there longer but yeah he did really well and then he had his training after that so he's an infantry man so that means that he went to Singleton for three months that was pretty all right because I was working at the time the time did sort of go a little bit quicker I had a bit of distraction then because I was still living 
with my family so it wasn't as bad but yeah it was it was a bit of a shock because you know to see someone every single day and then to not have them in your life for six months of the year was really hard. How did you come to terms with that change because you're used to being a certain type of couple and then all of a sudden you're apart and both going through it in your own ways but how do you feel like you got through that time and then I guess came back together as a couple and went forward in a new way? I just kept busy. I honestly, I just kept working. I I made sure that I caught up with lots of friends, just sort of got a lot of distractions. So the time did sort of go a little bit quicker and I didn't miss him as much. But at the same time, it, it was, yeah, it was kind of hard to not be able to talk to them every day. They didn't have their phone. So it was kind of strange to be writing letters like back in the old days. And <laughs> Yeah. And what did your friend group think about that? Like, obviously, he's away. You're still at home with your family and your support network and you're probably still meeting up with friends and family. And, you know, it's a whole nother world for friends and family who don't really quite get it. But what did they think? Like, it's like it's not real life when you have to tell them, oh, I have to write letters and we're not allowed to have contact and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was a little bit of a novelty for some of them some of the times because they were like, oh, can I write him a letter? And I'm like, yeah, sure, especially my mum. She was always, you know, wanting to write letters and, you know, make him feel like he's missed and loved. And so it was a little bit funny as well. At that stage, because you had been together for such a long time when he did decide to join Defence, had you guys already talked about future plans for your relationship, like marriage and and kids and all of that, like you were definitely in for the long haul. So how was that going to then affect those plans when I guess he came back from training and you started your life as a Defence family? Yes, I was always just happy to sort of go along with it because at that stage, my work wasn't really going anywhere in progression to getting anywhere further where I was. So I was happy to sort of start again, move cities. Like we had never moved out together prior to him joining the army. So that was another sort of hurdle we had to go through. But yeah, we kind of just wanted to have children at some stage. Marriage was on the cards, but it wasn't something that we had set in stone. We were just kind of going with the flow at that point. So once he got back from training, what sort of happened from there? Where did you guys get posted and how did you go coping with uh, obviously posting away from family and friends? How did that work? So we were lucky enough to get posted close to our hometown. We're only about two and a half, three hours away. So we got posted to Brisbane. So initially the move was good because I had some family there to help me move all my stuff out. And I was lucky enough to find a job pretty much straight away, which was good, but it was a completely different job to what I had done previously. So learning a new, completely new job was a struggle, but it was also a good challenge because it got me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And it gave you something to focus on aside from, you know, moving out and trying to get your head around with living together and him coming back and being in defense and all of the changes that were going. Yeah, absolutely. Because you weren't married, how did it work with you guys moving in together? Were you de facto? How did that all work? So because we had never lived together previously, we were not eligible for DHA, but we did a private rental when we first moved to Brisbane, which was fine. It was close to base. It was close to my work, which was really good. And then we got married shortly after that we moved out. So we were classified as obviously a married couple after then, which was good. But yeah, it was the private rental was 
again, it was a little bit on a busy road. So we were going to move at some stage. So once you got married, like what was the plan when you got posted to that first posting? Did you think you were going to be there for a little time? Like what was the plan with the first posting? So we weren't too sure how long we would be there. As far as we knew, we would be there for three years. So we didn't really have any sort of plans in the future to move anywhere. But yeah, I was kind of just happy to go with the flow and possibly transfer through another store if I if we did have to move. So how many postings have you had since he's been in defence and how has that been? Luckily we've just had the one posting to Brisbane which was good but unfortunately we have had to move houses multiple times because when we decided to move out of our first rental. We moved into another one, which was a bit bigger because I found out I was pregnant. So I thought I would get into a bigger house, something a little bit safer for Bubby. And then that house came on the market. We only moved in about two months prior to that when the real estate turned around and and told us that they were selling the house. So we had to move out of there and at that stage we thought okay well we're going to go through DHA which was good so then we applied for that we were approved and we got we got our house which we're still in now which is really good because we wouldn't have to move but yeah our son was only four weeks old when we had to had to move which was really hard. What does your partner do in the military and does it take them away a lot? Like what type of requirements does the job have? And, you know, going into the future, what can you expect with the job, like deployments, all of that sort of stuff? He's in infantry and he's away a lot of the time because they have a lot of field exercises. He did get deployed last year, mid last year. So that was a six month deployment and that was pretty difficult especially being a first-time mum and not knowing what you're doing (laughs) so yeah there is deployments that come up every now and again there's a lot of field so last year when he came back in December he ended up getting called up early this year to go help with the bushfire relief so he was home for about eight weeks or so before he got called up to go help with the bushfires unfortunately that was a natural disaster that no one really could have seen coming. So that was a 72-hour turnover for him to go fly down, help help out with that. And then he was home for a few months. And then in May of this year, he got called up again to go help with the COVID border patrol. And then he was gone again for another six weeks. So I'd say in the last 12 months, he's been gone six, seven, eight months of the year he's been gone, which has been really hard, which I wasn't expecting for his job role. But unfortunately, these things happen. But yeah, he gets called upon to help out nationally with a lot of these disasters and things that are unseen, like COVID. So how did you go coping with the back and forth of this year and I guess last year as well? And then also your son, how did he cope with all of that because he's not very old and trying to work out where dad is and and what's going on yeah so it was really difficult the first couple of weeks we did try to explain to him before he left for his deployment that daddy's going away for a little while and you know it's just going to be mummy but it didn't really sort of sink into him until maybe two or three weeks in and then he was you know, looking for daddy and finding out where he was. And every time we did this Skype call, he'd always kind of run around the house looking for daddy. He's like, where's daddy? But, you know, unfortunately, daddy's just on the Skype video call. But yeah, it it was really tough going through a deployment, especially when you have no idea what to expect. You kind of get yourself prepared for something, but it 
the end of the day, you, you don't really know what you're in for until you're going through it. And yeah, it was it was quite hard, especially with family and friends of who are not defense kind of just sort of paid off like oh he'll be home soon or you know oh the time's going quickly which is those sort of comments don't really help but at the same time yeah they kind of don't really understand either Mm. because you know that obviously not living day to day with a deployed person but it's it is good when you've got a couple of friends that you can talk to about it who who get it I find it's really hard to find people who get it unless you're in the defense community you really kind of understand what it is to you know need support or give support especially when your loved one is away for so long so how did your stress levels and your mental health go with obviously when your partner your husband was deployed last year that's a stressful situation worrying about where they are they're you know they're far from home and they could be in danger zones when they're deployed overseas but then also for him to come back and then going down to assist with the bushfires it's not a walk in the park to go and do that that is still you know dangerous down there and then also then to come back and then go to covid and do military tasks related to to COVID and border patrol and all of that there's some risks associated with that like how did you feel you know with the up and down of those the stress that that must have caused for you and and your mental health with the deployment towards the end I was in a bit of a routine so it felt like I was okay and I think the hardest part for me is when he came home because I had been used to him being away for so long that I kind of forgot what it was like to live with him and he forgot what it was like to live with me and our son and you know when he came back our son was you know twice the size with twice the attitude because he's crazy little toddler now but yeah it was it was sort of all hit me I would say probably about a month or so after he got home it was just like a huge wave of emotions and everything that I've kept inside the past six months it just hit me all at once and it was really tough because I wasn't expecting it I thought I had everything sorted and I was okay but when everything's calmed down and things are sort of going back to normal it must have just all hit me at the one time and then to find out that he was leaving again so soon for bushfire relief was a bit of a shock and you know I was a bit nervous because there were still active bushfires at the time and a lot of people had a a lot of things going on down there losing their you know houses and quite a scary situation for everybody down there and I was proud that my husband got to go down and at least give some assistance but it was also a bit scary And then when he left for the COVID relief, I was more scared the fact that because we were in lockdown here for six weeks, I didn't go to the shops. You know, we stayed home because of the all the big unknowns. Yeah, I was just had to go to the shops with my son again. And that was a bit scary because I didn't know who had COVID or what was going on there with the situation up here. So I was a bit nervous about him also being on the front line, essentially, you know, checking border passes and all that sort of thing. And it was a bit stressful. Nine out of 10 defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. 
banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. Yeah, and then on the flip side, I guess also because he's away and you're at home in lockdown with your son, but still having to go out for those few times to get, you know, essential items. It's also kind of a relief to get out because you're seeing someone else other than you and your son, but it's also not a relief because you just want to get home to get out of the danger zone. But like it's a catch-22 because when you go home, there's no one at home. Yeah, it's, you know, as you said, it's a double-edged sword. Like you really want to go out and see people and, you know, have a chat to another adult or, (laughs) you know, just change up the routine. But then at the same time, I'm constantly worried that is someone in here sick or, you know, when you pack the bag, I have to pack all the hand sanitizer and the disinfectant wipes to wipe down the shopping trolleys to make sure that's all sanitary and clean. So how did you get through the deployment and him going away for the bushfire assistant and then COVID? Did you have a a support network? Obviously during COVID, we weren't allowed out. So, you know, did you call on online resources? How did you get through that time? Did you have any extra supports? I actually reached out to DCO. I didn't hear about DCO before COVID hit, but it was actually through my psychologist. She actually got me in touch with some defence communities that I, I didn't even know existed at that time. So I actually called up DCO and I had a good chat to them and, you know, they sent me information about deployments and they sent my son little support bear because he he was deployed and some little storybooks and told me about some different events and stuff that were going on and the community center on base and it was it was also that as well as you know just calling up my parents and my sisters and making sure that they were okay because they're in a different state as well and just keeping in contact with friends and, you know, even if it's via messenger or Skype or phone call, it's just, yeah, I tried to stay in contact. And, you know, when I was having a down day, I'd definitely talk to someone about it, sort of get it off my mind. And you mentioned earlier on that you had a few friends that are also defence spouses. Did you meet them before you knew about DCO or was it that you ended up meeting them once you found out about DCO? How did you meet your defence friends? When we first moved to this house, we were actually, my husband and I were going for a walk with our son and we bumped into a fellow that he went to Kapuka with. So he already had a friend there and yeah, so we met his partner and they had a little girl as well. And so they're our neighbours, which was really good. So we've been friends ever since we moved here and they've been really good support and our children all play together, which is really good. So it was nice to have someone directly around me so I could go there, you know, within walking distance and let our kids play and we can have a coffee and just talk about our days and our ups and our downs, which is really good. And I also made a friend through one of the Facebook groups up here for defence members. So she actually reached out because her partner was deployed last year on a separate trip and she reached out and said, oh, I've just moved here. You know, my partner's deployed. I'm just looking for some friends. And I thought, oh, yeah, she'd be someone that we could relate to. And I reached out to her and we met up one day and we've been friends ever since. And she's been an amazing support because she's been through the deployment as well. And it was around the same time. So it was it was really nice to have someone who was going through the same deployment at the same time because they completely understood the ups and the downs. And, you know, you didn't even have to say anything to her and she would just understand how you're feeling. 
How important do you think it is to have someone that's also been through it or can understand from the perspective of a fellow spouse as opposed to, you know, your friends and family can empathise with you but they're they're never going to completely get it? Yeah, I think it's really important to make connections with other defence families. That's something that I didn't do at the beginning because I was so busy with work and I was very distracted. You know, we just got married. I had new job that I was focusing on but as soon as we had our son I've probably never felt so lonely because I didn't know anybody up here and I didn't know any defense families up here but when I started to make friends it meant the world because they were friends that you would be friends with for life because they completely get it the defense community and they're very supportive people and I guess you don't feel so judged because they're also going through the same thing as you and you're going through the same struggles and to me like that was a very important thing that helped me get through deployments and these unforeseen smaller trips and stuff that my husband has been on so I've I've always had someone to be there to talk to me when I'm feeling down about it. You mentioned earlier that you had a little bit of a hard time with your husband transitioning home and getting used to living together and used to being in the same space together. But then also, you know, soon after he went away for bushfire relief and then COVID. So you haven't had like that consistency living together. So how did you find that transition? And do you feel like you've fully been able to come around to living together again? Or is it still learning what each other's like? And obviously your husband learning what stage your your son's up to and all of that sort of stuff yeah it's it's still really hard because I'm always on guard in regards to him leaving again because there's still COVID going on we just don't know what's around the corner so it's kind of like I'm still on edge there but it's also he's still sort of trying to figure out his place at home and trying to figure out how to live with us because you know you can't just go and do your own thing anymore you've got wife and child to sort of give attention to us and not so much me but our son adores my husband and it's just really hard to see sometimes because he gets really upset when he has to leave or my husband gets a little bit sad because he's he feels like he's missing out on a big chunk of his life because he's coming and going and you know he's growing so much and these few years are just gold for children you know they're becoming from babies to to little children so it is still a struggle we're still trying to get to know each other again and live together (laughs) as strange as that sounds because you get used to being alone you get used to doing things on your own and then when they come back you know you have to share things and you know look after each other and yeah yeah, it's really strange I just can't explain it but yeah it's really sort of hard to to live with someone when when you've live without them for so long it is really hard to explain yeah yeah it's really hard and also the side of things where when they're away you just have this block in your head that okay well I can't rely on them for anything so you know I am on my own but when they're back but they're not transitioned back yet and they still don't kind of know where their place is or what where they can be helping or what they can be doing it makes you even more frustrated because they're there but then they're trying to grapple with being home and you're trying to grapple with them being back home and they're not helping you and they're just getting in the way and you know yes like yes yeah I don't know it's hard to explain it is yeah Yeah. no I definitely like that it's yeah they kind of 
they feel like they're helping and sometimes they're just making it harder. <laughs> exactly. You're like, this went a lot smoother when you weren't here. I'm happy yeah. to have you home, but yeah. how did you envision life and career working alongside defence life for you? What was your field of work and, and how did that work when your husband joined defence? So I was in retail when my husband joined. So I felt like it was always something that I could find a job in quite easily or even transfer my skills into maybe the same shop wherever we were because he could be posted to any of the major cities which, you know, there's lots of sort of retail outlets I could possibly work at or study online. So I was always sort of happy to go along with the flow and study online or pick up a job here and there. I didn't really have a specific career goal when he joined the army. I was just sort of happy to find work where I needed to. And so has that sort of affected how you both look at future postings or a general posting plan? Are you up for going anywhere because you do have that freedom with picking up work in the different locations or what are you guys thinking in regards to sort of a a rough posting plan? I'm just sort of at this stage, I wouldn't mind because of the whole COVID situation. A lot of jobs have, a lot of people have lost their jobs. So it's sort of something that I'm, I'm possibly considering doing a bit of studying because at the moment I am a stay-at-home mum just because of the deployment. I didn't continue on where I was working at the time. I just found it a little bit difficult with finding daycares that would coincide with the hours that I was working especially on the weekends there's no daycare on the weekends and because of COVID I couldn't find anybody to look after my son family-wise so yeah I think maybe I'd probably just do a bit of study or pick up some casual work here and there. Obviously defence members do get a decent wage but sometimes it's not enough to cover what both of you would be making if you both had decent wages. How did you go getting your head around the fact that financially during deployments and with the unpredictability of him going away at you know short notice, the fact that you can't have that stability with your job because of your childcare needs and because of not being able to call on friends and family to look after your son? Like how, how does that impact you and I guess you guys as a couple because it's all well and good that defence members get a decent wage but it doesn't necessarily make up for the fact that in 2020 households need two wages a lot of the time. I definitely did feel the punch when I did finally quit my job because it, it is quite hard on one wage but I just feel like maybe there could be a bit more support there for childcare in regards to defence members like possibly having some that cater later or on the weekends, which would be nice because I would like to just have the opportunity to go back to work because I do, I do miss work. But at the same time, it is it is very hard to find childcare that suits the needs of defence families. And I, I do find it a bit expensive as well. But, you know, on the flip side, having a job to go to, even if it's just a couple of hours a week, just to give you that break and give you the adult interaction and that little bit of, I won't say freedom, but that little bit of something that's yours sort of thing yeah. is also important. But if it's costing the family money, it's it's like you're stuck in this in-between. You can't do it, but you want to do it, but it just doesn't work out. I kind of can't find that balance just at this point. Maybe when he's at school, it would be a little easier because he's at school so I could find a job within those school hours. But at this stage, yeah, it is quite hard. 
Yeah. What support or information or advice was offered to you when you were a new spouse that you think helped you initially when you were a new spouse? It was only until I met my neighbour down the road. She kind of told me about the community group on base and Facebook groups. I had no idea about anything defence related. I didn't know there was a Facebook group for defence members to connect on. I didn't know that, yeah, anything about the base. I didn't even know I could get a base pass. Oh my when we first moved, yeah, it was it was completely new. I had no idea. So how did your or, psychologist know about all of this? Like what was her connection to defence? So she was actually a defence partner also. So she was in the exact same boat I was in. So thank goodness your psychologist was a defence partner because you may not have even have found it about things for another few years. Yeah, I think she was really, really good when he was deployed and in another sense that she was going through the same thing because her partner was also deployed. Also mental health wise, how do you look after your mental health? You've mentioned that you've been to a psychologist. Do you do that regularly or how do you go with looking after your mental health? So I'm not seeing my psychologist at the moment. I feel like I'm, I'm on top of things at this point. But what I like to do is I like to do a bit of exercise. So I just chuck my little fella in the pram and we go for a not really nice walk in the morning and I find that really sort of helps with my mental health. Keeping busy, I like to go out, take him to the park, get some fresh air. Even if we just go to the shopping centre and, and walk around and we'll go get an ice cream or something together, it's really good. Something... When my partner is home, I like to go get a massage or, you know, even just doing a little face mask at home. That sort of makes me feel a bit normal, I guess, when Mm. everything's getting on top of you. So what have you learned along the way? What tips or what info can you give to other spouses that might just be starting their journey as a spouse? I would say definitely reach out to your local community make some defence family friends, just try and get within the community so you, you, you don't feel so alone, especially when your partners go away. I think that's the most important thing that, you know, if I could go back in time and when we first moved here, that's what I would have made my priority would be to reach out. The families in defence in general are just amazing. They'll welcome you with open arms. They're, they get it. They're supportive. They're good people and they're probably friends that you'll you'll keep for life because they're traveling all over Australia we're traveling all over Australia and nobody else gets that but us well thank you so much for coming on the podcast Zoe and sharing your story and did you ever end up getting that honeymoon of yours no still no honeymoon still waiting for that I just have to wait until COVID's over oh my gosh (laughs) cross your fingers there's no more natural disasters yeah I know and you'll just have like a little sidekick to come on the honeymoon with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, 
I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 